Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Rebecca Baxt podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Baxt, board-certified dermatologist, and I'm here to discuss with you all issues relating to the skin that you're in. In this podcast, we will tackle the topic of the day quickly to get you the take-home points that you need. After listening to an episode, you should be educated about the topic and able to fix the issue yourself or well-prepared to ask the right questions at your next dermatology appointment. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about Fraxel and Clear and Brilliant. These are two lasers that we use for laser resurfacing. They are both made by the same company. Let's start with the Fraxel laser. Fraxel is a brand name of laser. It comes in two varieties. It comes in the Restore, which is also called the Dual because it has two wavelengths, the 1927 and the 1550. I have this laser, it works incredibly well. But Fraxel also has a Fraxel Repair, which is a deeper fractionated laser resurfacing. I do not have that laser. I will not be talking about it in great detail. But it is confusing because there are really two Fraxels, the Fraxel Restore, sometimes also called the Fraxel Dual, very common laser. That's the one I have with the two wavelengths. And then also the Fraxel Repair. The repair is deeper, usually requires anesthesia. It's a deeper laser resurfacing. So let's talk about the Fraxel Dual brand name laser, which I have been using for many years. It is a wonderful workhorse laser. It delivers consistently great results. We have been using it for a long time and we love it. There are a lot of practitioners who recall their lasers Fraxel. When they're not really Fraxel, it's kind of like Kleenex and tissues. There is a lot of fractionated lasers at this point in time, which just means that only a small part of the skin is actually being treated at any one time, even though it looks to you and to me, for that matter, like your entire face is being treated, we know that actually it's just a fraction. That's where they came up with the name Fraxel. That's where the term fractionated came from. So sometimes it's confusing and people use the name Fraxel, but they don't always have the brand name laser. Doesn't mean it's good or bad, just point for people to understand. Sometimes I have people asking and I show them the name of the laser that is right there in front of them, the Fraxel Restore. So how does that work with a laser only treating a fraction of the surface and why is that good? To understand that, we just have to go back in time a bit to when doctors would do a CO2 laser resurfacing and basically burn the entire face and the patients needed a month or so off and it was a crusty, bloody mess. And the results of that sort of laser resurfacing were aggressive and fantastic. Because of the traumatic nature of that laser, there was a lot of downtime and also significant risks of infection. Some patients got permanent hypopigmentation. And so it began to fall out of favor when fractionated laser resurfacing took over, of which Fraxel was the first. So fractionated laser resurfacing, or Fraxel brand name, is a much safer laser. There is no wound that is created. There is no bloody mess. The surface stays intact. The laser basically burns tiny holes underneath the surface in a grid-like pattern. And as it's doing that, it helps fade brown spots, especially sun damage, and it helps stimulate collagen to grow and remodel. So it works really well for fine lines and wrinkles and acne scars. 
Interestingly for Fraxel, because it does not disrupt the surface, it does work on all skin types, all colors of skin. So everybody can have Fraxel laser resurfacing. However, you have to be careful with darker skin types and you definitely would want that done by an expert dermatologist who knows how to laser darker skin, but it is possible to do. So that is a very nice advantage for the fractionated laser resurfacing. So very specifically about the Fraxel Dual Restore, it has two wavelengths. The 1927 wavelength is typically thought to be better for hyperpigmentation. It is a little bit more superficial. And the 1550 wavelength is thought to be better for acne scars, collagen growth, general resurfacing. But I always tell patients that both of them work well. When we first had the laser, it was only a 1550. They added the 1927 afterwards, and the 1550 does get rid of a lot of hyperpigmentation. So depending on what the patient needs, I will often do a combination of the two, or sometimes we just stick to one wavelength. It really depends on what the patient's issues are. Typically, the protocol in our office, and generally speaking, is around once a month for three to five months for fractionated laser resurfacing or Fraxel. I usually try to do a minimum of three because you figure by the time you've done three, you've covered most of the surface of the skin. Sometimes I will do four to five. Um, I will try to do them in a row. Sometimes we separate them further depending on the patient's schedule or the summer. We don't want to be doing laser if you're going to be in the sun. And then in terms of maintenance, I often recommend one or depending on the issue, sometimes even two a year for maintenance. While the laser does make a permanent change in the skin, we all continue to age, and as we age, we lose collagen, and people with old sun damage, even if you made some of it better, you're still going to see more old sun damage coming out over time, so it does always require some type of maintenance. In terms of preparation, before the treatment, I recommend that people stop blood thinners if it's possible to reduce any bruising that might develop, although bruising would be incredibly rare from this laser, and it can be done on blood thinners if necessary. I also recommend stopping retinoids such as retinol or retin-A. It can be done on those creams, but the settings might need to be adjusted because those do thin the skin. So I prefer patients to stop them a few weeks in advance. While we're going through the laser treatments, I often suspend the retinoids because by the time you finish healing from the laser and then it's a few weeks and you're doing it again, sometimes we just don't do them for a number of months. But you could use them for a couple of weeks in between and then stop them again if necessary. If somebody is acne prone, occasionally I will pre-treat them with an oral antibiotic like doxycycline to prevent a breakout after the laser. This is uncommon, but it does happen sometimes, and it is easy to treat and prevent. Sun avoidance before and after is really important. I tell people if you are not going to be avoiding the sun, I mean, why bother doing the laser? So we do take sun protection really seriously for our laser patients and just in general. And if the patient has a history of a herpes blister or a cold sore on the lip or the face area, we definitely pre-treat them with an oral antiviral such as Valtrex or Acyclovir for a day or two before, during, and a day or two afterwards to try to prevent that from happening. Again, that would be rare um, and it's on a case-by-case -case basis, but we do offer that. 
While patients are in the office, it's basically about a two-hour appointment, an hour and a half to two hours. We have a topical numbing protocol. So the patient comes in, they sign their consent form, they have their photos taken, and they're brought into a room, and they sit there for a while, bring a podcast or something to read or listen to or your phone because we put numbing cream on their face. By the end of the numbing protocol, it's one of those I can't feel my face type of situations, um, but that's really what we want so that when we do the laser, it is tolerable. So the numbing protocol typically takes about an hour and we also have some icing that goes on in that protocol. And then I come in and I do the laser. The patient has goggles on. We do the laser. There's a cold air blowing from what's called a Zimmer chiller that makes the laser more tolerable. Everybody tolerates it. It is definitely a little uncomfortable. We do eight passes to all areas of the face typically. Sometimes we'll do less if there's an area that isn't as important and it hurts a little bit, such as the upper lip. Maybe we'll do six but we typically try to do eight passes of the laser to all areas, so we count it. You hear us counting one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and then it's three, four, three, four, three, four. I tell patients they're usually fine on the one, two, three, four, five, six, it hurts a little bit, and seven, eight, they're ready to move on to a new area. But like I said, everybody tolerates it. Afterwards, it basically feels like a sunburn for a few hours. It kind of burns a little bit. We have patients doing either aquaphor or cold compresses or a laser enzyme gel or light oil-free moisturizer if they're acne prone. And after a few hours, it really feels normal. However, the skin is red and swollen for a couple of days, and then it feels a little bit gritty because these little burnt pieces of the undersurface of the skin work their way out. It's not a laser peel. It really feels more like sandpapery or gritty afterwards. So just another topic I wanted to talk about where we do Fraxel. We mostly do it on the face. Most people, we do it on their faces. But we also do it on the neck and the chest and the hands, sometimes the arms. And I will also often do it on scars. So Fraxel laser really works on kind of any skin, on any part of the body. Obviously, most of us spend the most time focusing on making our faces look the best, but it works great on necks. It works great on chests. Um, I've done it on arms. I've done it on hands. And it works really well to help the healing of scars or the improvement of how scars look. So those are where we do the Fraxel. And... Now we're going to talk about Clear and Brilliant. I'd also like to talk about Clear and Brilliant. Clear and Brilliant is basically a cousin of Fraxel. We call it a baby Fraxel. We also call it Light and Bright. It's made by the same company. It's much less powerful, but it has two very similar wavelengths. It has a 1927, same as the Fraxel, and also a 1440, which is very similar to the 1550. And It works the same way. It's a fractionated laser resurfacing. It's just much lower power. So patients can just numb at home and they're really just pink for a day or so. It does not have so much redness and swelling and they don't need the big numbing protocol. Everything else really is fairly similar in terms of avoiding the sun, et cetera, et cetera. And we usually do three in a row and then two a year for maintenance on the Clear and Brilliant. So in summary, when we talk about Fraxel laser, it's a brand name. There are two brand name Fraxels. 
the dual slash restore that has the 1927 and 1550. That's what I have in my office. That's the most common type of Fraxel. There's also a Fraxel repair, which we didn't really go into details with since I don't do that laser. It's a deeper laser resurfacing, usually requires anesthesia. And when we do Fraxel, it's typically a series of three to five in a row. Sometimes we spread it out a little bit based on personal preferences and schedules. It's typically once every four to six weeks. And you're a little red and swollen for a couple of days, and it's about a two-hour office appointment. It works very well to treat hyperpigmentation, especially sun damage. It works well for acne scars, and it really has been around for a long time, and it's an incredible laser. The Clear and Brilliant, we also call Baby Fraxel. We also call it Light and Bright, and it's really a lighter version of the Fraxel. It's a lighter laser resurfacing. There's just much less redness and swelling it gets better much quicker, but the results are also milder. I hope that helped. And if you're interested in Fraxel laser or clear and brilliant laser, I hope that you can come in and see us for a consultation or discuss it with your board certified dermatologist. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Dr. Rebecca Bax podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Bax, board certified dermatologist. I hope this episode was informative and that you enjoyed listening. If you found this podcast useful, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It helps others find us so we can help them too. Just a caveat to remember, this is not medical advice, and please see your dermatologist or doctor for questions pertaining to your specific situation. I look forward to talking with you again in the next episode.